0: Good day to you and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now.
1: Well, good to see you this morning. And if you would, um, I'll share from Scripture if you have your Bibles. It's okay if you don't. There's pew few Bibles. And if you would rather just listen along, that's fine as well. I'll do my best reading as I can. But open your Bibles this morning if you have them to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, amen, Lord, bless you, Lord. So I've been asking the Lord to help me um, witness to others better, to kind of know what he would want us to say. And even here I ask God, Lord, what is it that you want us to hear? What is it that you want us to know? What is it that you want us to see? How do you want to reveal yourself to us? And I kept thinking for the uh, unbeliever, uh, if they get pressed on the Christmas story, they've got to ask themselves, what's this all about? What what, what is this? Why? And so I thought I would share a little bit of that this morning Uh, in Genesis 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 15. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which The Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And She gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day in the garden. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman you gave me to be with, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. And then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and the dust you will eat all the days of your life. 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. This was a day in our history where everything changed. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. So while we're here in Genesis, let's just turn back a chapter to Genesis 2 real quick and then we'll move forward. Genesis 2. Just going to read verses 6 and 7. This was before what we know as the fall. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being or some versions may say soul. So we see after the heavens and the earth were created God formed man of the dust, of the minerals. Pastor Bill would teach it's the minute particles. It's it's not the dust bunnies under your bed kind of concept. It's that God took the earth. He took something out of the earth. Uh, uh, A very, very minute particle is how it's translated. Uh, They didn't always have the words that we would understand today when they're writing. And so they would say dust or dirt or earth is what we would know it as. He formed man of the dust and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And in the last several weeks we've been talking about that we are spirit and have a soul and that is encapsulated, so to speak, into our body. And we are a spirit being. And we see here that Adam doesn't have life into him until God breathed his spirit into him. And then in chapter 3 of Genesis, we see a cataclysmic event that changes the world. But, but right there in Genesis 3.15, God reveals his plan for our redemption when he talks about the seed. And from this point on, in the time of all things, the world's salvation Will rest in the seed of a woman. Turn with me now to Micah chapter 5. It's a little hard to find. Take your time and it'll take me a moment too. As we do that, I'd like to pray this morning. Father, you're such a good God to us that you love us, that you care for us. Sometimes we have a very, very confusing view of who you are and how you love us lord may these scriptures that we read today show us just how you love us father we're grateful and thankful for you and this season and lord as christians we pray lord god that we will show the light to the world that the world may be changed god we're grateful and thankful for your word this morning speak to our hearts speak to our minds that we might be changed, in Jesus' name, amen. So Micah 5, Micah 5, we're gonna read verses two through five. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth to me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God and they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of of the earth. This one will be our peace. Or this one will be peace. And Micah has a prophetic word here about the Lord Jesus. And he says, and this one will be our peace. Turn to Isaiah 7 real quick with me this morning. Try not to bounce you around too much. But I want to share a few more scriptures with you. So that you know where I'm headed. Isaiah 7. In verse 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now skip forward a few chapters, a page or so, to chapter 9. Chapter 9 in verse 1. There will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish in earlier times. He treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders. The rod of their oppressor as a battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult. And cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal Father Prince of peace, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Somebody say amen. 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 Jeremiah 23, 5 says this. Behold the days are coming declares the Lord when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land the bible teaches that the messiah will be a descendant of david jeremiah 33:14 and 16 says Says, declares this word: Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. And in those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn now, if you will, to John. Chapter one. And we'll read verses one through five. In the beginning was the word... One of Pastor Bill's favorite scriptures would be verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father full of grace and truth. So as Cheryl talked about this morning, there was 400 years of nothing. And most Bibles actually, there's just a blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's just Silence. But they know the scriptures and they know that a Messiah is coming. And those who are in tune with it know that it's going to be a child born of a virgin. And yet when Jesus comes, they don't seem to have the ability to accept it. And John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. But in the beginning was the word, was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was was God, is what the scriptures teach us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, as we talk about Christmas, many pastors, last, week, last year we started with Advent, and we talked a lot about John, which is kind of appropriate, because John is the foreteller of Jesus and he is telling us about the Christ. This year we're going to specifically go to the birth of Christ. Turn with Matthew, turn to Matthew chapter 1. And in this beginning verses 1 through 17, Matthew is recording the genealogy of the Messiah. He is making sure that the readers of this book will understand that Jesus comes from the lineage of David and that scriptures will be fulfilled. And it's why he takes the time to put all these names here for the reader to understand about who the Lord is. Now, start reading in verse 18. We'll read 1 through 18 through 25 and then into chapter 2, 1 through 12. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus, (coughs) chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. Verse 6, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they fell to the ground, and they worshipped him. Then opening up their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Back in, verse, in chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, When Joseph had considered this. When Joseph had considered this. Joseph was trying to consider what is the right thing to do. What is the best thing to do. Last year we talked about at this time how Joseph's responsibility as the father of Christ and, and his story. And it's a, it's a wonderful story if you ever want to research that to know what kind of person he was. But it says he was considering this. He was considering, what should I do? Should I, should I go ahead and just come forth and, and put it out there for everybody to decide and then let Mary be on her own? Or should I put her away secretly and not tell a soul and try to just move on with my life? Or, or should I keep this quiet and move forward with Mary? He has all these choices it says, but we had considered this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The Redeemer, the Messiah. Jesus, Uh, actually uh, Joshua is the Old Testament version of the name Jesus, which means Yeshua, Jehovah saves. The foretelling of Genesis 3.15 is now being fulfilled right before our eyes. Turn with me now to Luke chapter one. Luke 1, we'll start reading in 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation Was this? And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I think the cool thing about Mary is we understand that she was very young, perhaps 14 and yet she was a bond slave of the Lord. She was a servant of God. We know that too because in the, in what we call the Magnificat, she was quoting scripture after scripture after scripture. So we know that she was a servant of God. And something interesting that we should keep in mind, Jesus is a descendant of David as promised. And not only the fact that Mary is legally married to Joseph and we know Joseph's lineage is from David but that she too has a lineage of David since she descended from David's son Nathan. The lineage of Joseph and the lineage of Mary match with the same names from Abraham to David. It's important to understand that Jesus is legally by Joseph's marriage to Mary from the lineage of David, and Jesus is also of the bloodline of David. Turn with me to Luke 2. We'll read this wonderful account of the birth of our Messiah, our Savior, Christ. Reading Luke 2 1 through 20. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken why Clernius, the governor of Syria, was the governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven the shepherds began saying to one another let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. Now, for every Christian... This is a special story, and I have kind of warned us about the familiar kind of not being somehow important, and at Christmas, we know this story. There's not a person in here that doesn't know the story. We have to be on our guard to understand what the Lord might be speaking to us. I want to share with you a little bit of a story of mine and how the story of the virgin birth changed my life. I've shared with you all before that at 12 years old, I went to the altar at the Georgetown Wesleyan Church and that day accepted Christ into my heart as Savior. It's amazing how there's times and places in your life you can't even remember what you had for lunch yesterday, but there's something specific to an event that might be either tragic or wonderful or great or bad, but it imprints in your memory and you'll never forget it. And I'll never forget, I can tell you, I was sitting about four rows deep in a church about this size, and I knelt right there at the altar. And Pastor Moyer put his hand on my head and led me to the Lord at 12 years old. But I've also shared in my teenage years, I I lived like a hooligan. I lived like I couldn't spell Jesus. And pretty much was only concerned about myself and the life that I was living. Ended up married with two children, having no idea how to be a father or a husband or anything. It just didn't know. Had great example as parents. Loved my parents. They were good to me. But how many of you know it's not easy when you're starting out? Then in my late 20s, what would be the late 80s, there was a turning point where the prodigal son returned to his father's house. My testimony is that I'm riding down the road on Route US 13, traveling from Georgetown to Greenwood, which I did every day. And I can tell you exactly where I was on the road when I heard something on the radio talking about Christmas. And I think I was verbal, but if I wasn't, it was at least in my mind. And I said to God, how in the world am I supposed to believe this story of a virgin birth? God, This is silly. I just do not believe it. Am I fired? (laughs) And I can tell you exactly, O.A. Newton's on the left and Troop 5 DSP is on the right and it was right there at that moment that I said to God, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, God. But God, if this is true, I will serve you if you show me you and how this is real and how this has happened, I will serve you. And then I did one of that thing that we all do. We always say, well, we'll be a missionary in China if it's true or whatnot. But I said, Lord, if it's true, I'll preach your word. I'll become a preacher. <laughs> Continued on to work and forgot all about it. Time went on. It wasn't long after, though, it seemed like my life was in shambles. It seemed like I was blessed, and now something changed. I I don't liken it to Job. We've been talking about Job in our men's group, and I love the fact that uh, when, 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 when God himself says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan says to him, well, I can't really bother him. You have a hedge of protection around him. Little did I know. I think I had a hedge of protection around me. Was in some very bad places in my teen years. I wasn't, I wasn't super bad, but I was bad enough. Trust me. But it was if as if that hedge had came down, and tragedy began to happen in my life. My marriage began to fall apart. Very difficult times, financially and just. Total disarray. Running from God. Not wanting to pursue him. Very specific events happened that crashed me hard and brought me to my knees. And it was as if God began to just run a videotape in front of me of all the things that I had done that were against his will. I mean, it was like my life was just coming in short little clips, like like you'd see in a movie or on a TV show. I know it sounds crazy, but that's, in my mind, that's what was happening. And when he showed me that, I was full of sorrow and on my knees accepted Christ. And it was at that time that he reminded me what I said on that road on US-13 and he brought to remembrance what i told him and i had a rededication to christ and my life began to change i would love to tell you that it was all together and everything went perfect from there it did not it was a roller coaster still but but I had finally gotten on to the right track. And what was what's now known as, as Bayshore Millsboro used to be Gumboro Fellowship Church. And I began, I had a friend that was there who kept inviting us and inviting us and inviting us. And finally we went there. And God began to move in my life. And I began to be alive again. And it was wonderful. And it was a wonderful time. And I'd love to tell you that from that point on everything's been perfect. But it has not And my family's here, so I definitely can't even stretch the truth at this point. It's not been perfect, but it's been good. God is good. You see, when I was 12 years old, I went to the altar, and at that point I said yes to God, and at that point my spirit man was filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a connection that was done in me at that point that changed my life. My spirit was now alive. I had Christ in me, but I found out that I did not live for Christ, even though he lived for me, and I found myself in a lot of trouble, and then when I was 28, my soul finally got to a place where God got my attention. It's what they call a jailhouse conversion. I wasn't in jail, by the way. But I had a jailhouse conversion. I was beginning to get washed, and I surrendered my life at that point back to God and said, God, I'm yours. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I have messed it all up. Will you help me? And then change began to happen in my life. And I said, I surrender all. We love that song, I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Jesus, my blessed Savior, I surrender them all. And for me, that is the special moment that involves the Christmas story and why it means so much to me and and how it relates to my walk in life. But to all of us, the Christmas story is a, a special moment in time because this is how God chose to redeem us it makes no sense it is not logical in any way shape or form but this is how God chose to redeem us that he would send a child and he'd be born of a virgin I don't know what to tell you if you're struggling with that all I can tell you is it just takes faith and then when your spirit is connected and you've surrendered it's not a hard story to believe at all you see, the first Adam blew it. Back in Genesis 3, when Eve took of the fruit and then Adam took of the fruit. And by the way, men, we read that little story and it said, and the woman. No, where was the husband? Where was Adam? Can I, can I tell you as husbands that our role is to yank that snake out of the tree and rip his head off? Jesus did it for us when he stomped him under his heel. The first Adam blew it, but the last Adam did not. The last Adam. Paul says this, in fact, turn with me now to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, reading verses 45 through 49. 1 Corinthians 15. 45. So also it is written the first man, Adam, became a living soul or a living being. The last Adam became a life giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we also bear the image of the heavenly. Now we've been talking about spirit, soul, and body, and what all that means. And, and quite simply, Paul is saying this, and, and Jesus himself said it, you're born of water and then of blood. You're you're born born of water and then the spirit. You're you're born of a natural self and you have a body and you're doing your thing and you're this soulish person. And then you receive Christ and he changes your life. And now your spirit man is alive. It's alive. there's, There's two people in the world. There's people who are dead I'm not talking about in the grave. I'm talking about in life. There are people who are dead because they're dead to Christ and there are people who are alive. Just, just that simple. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 says this, By this the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Verses 11 and 12 say, And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. Can I share with you this morning that this is a great time of year to get right with God. If you do not know Jesus Christ in here this morning and you have a desire to have life And we'll be here to pray for you after the service. If you're struggling and like myself, you're in a prodigal state and you know it, and you're just going through the motions and like I was in the past, challenged God, but then the spirit man comes alive and it's yearning for more, then we want to pray for you this morning. You see, the Christmas story is not a fairy tale. It's as real as real can get. It is God's plan and answer for redemption for us. We have no other place to go for it. Christ is the answer. Amen? Amen. Well, let me get you out of here early today. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to hear your word this morning. God, I know that we all know the story. But Lord, would you help us to be able to translate it to those who are dying? To those who are dead, to those who do not know you, Lord, would you help us and understand the story and, and why you had this plan to send your son, Lord, to die for us, that we might be redeemed. Lord, we pray that this Christmas season that we focus on who you are and who we are in you. And Lord God, I pray that the joy that passes all understanding and the peace that passes all understanding will reside in us. We will not let this hectic schedule or this material world or materialistic world suck us into something, Lord God, that is of no good, but Lord, that we will be on our knees with our chin up praying to you and giving you all the praise, glory, and honor, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. If you would like some prayer, just please feel free to come up after the service. You're dismissed. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great week, guys.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware, where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m., and a Sunday morning worship service at 10:30 a.m., We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.